What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy belated 4th of July. Today is July 5th, 2018. I'm your host, Will Brinson. Appreciate you hopping on the old podcast machine and, and hanging out with us every day if you can. If you do it every day, you are much appreciated. That makes you a P1 listener, as they say in the radio business. Makes you one of my personal friends, if you say it. Uh, in the podcast business. I'm not even kidding. If you listen to this show every day, you are a personal friend of mine, whether you know it or not. If you want to leave me a note via Twitter, at Will Brinson will be great. If you want to send me an email and ask me about uh, beer, fantasy football keepers, general life questions, I might be bad at that third one, but I can provide you answers for fantasy football keepers and certainly for beer. I'm currently on, as I'm recording this, on the 4th of July, preparing to cook some jalapeno Monterey Jack burgers, a teacher's pet from Trophy Brewing. Pretty good beer. Nice little IPA. Tell you what's hot right now is Modelo and Dos Equis Amber. Good beers for the summer. Had a buddy play golf on the uh, third with my pal Nathan, and um, he, he chopped up some limes and took him out with some Dos, Dos Equis Amber out there. That was very nice. Um, so today's show... We skipped the, we skipped July 4th. Apologies. I hope it didn't mess anybody up. I hope you weren't preparing some big cookout to say this, this show is daily and it's coming to you. We made an executive decision to, to bypass the fourth show and bring you the best possible content on the fifth and the sixth. Today's show is a lengthy interview with assistant athletic director and director of strength and conditioning at NC State, D'Antonio Burnett, a former star, uh, with the NC State Wolfpack. He played there. At the same time, I was in school, and and I, I think it's a really good conversation about the future of strength and conditioning and preparing athletes for the next level, getting guys ready in college, and what co- smart colleges are doing in order to improve the way they approach technology, social media. To put it a, a better way, back in 99, you would just have guys bench a lot. Right. And get really jacked and be prepared to play football. And now what they're doing, it it blew my mind talking to Thunder about this. So highly recommend you check that out. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Thunder 45. I'll have some more NC State stuff, uh, a larger written story coming soon. Um, if you hear me reference it in the, in the interview, I have talked to Dave Doran about that. We're going to use that for the podcast as well because he mentions the, the pro players that NC State sent. And, uh, and we talked to the, we talked to Thunder about that too. And then if you hear any, what feels, what sounds like, uh, it, basically bass bumping, apologies, that's literally, we were sitting next to the weight room in Thunder's office talking and BJ Hill, who's now a current defensive tackle for the Giants was out there with some current NC State players working out. <laughs> and, and frankly, I didn't, I didn't even, it was loud in the room, but I didn't even realize how loud it was until I listened to the, uh, to the, to the recording. So yeah, just letting you know. Coming to Friday will be a collection of interviews from various people at the opening. Nike's big recruiting thing in Dallas. Rob Gronkowski, Denzel Ward, Willie McGinnis, Malik Jefferson had some really good stuff to say about the combine. And then, uh, some, some fascinating stories about Nike uniforms in the future, as well as Nike cleats. So uh, tune into that. That'll be coming Friday. News out there right now. Gronk, by the way, says he's refreshed after considering retirement. He told Willie McGinnis that on the field after I talked to him. He ain't retiring. Let's get out of here. Gronk ain't retiring. Get out of here. It's just not worth even talking about. Terrell Owens is going to Chattanooga, UTC, for his 
uh, Hall of Fame induction. I might go check that out. I went to high school in Chattanooga at the prestigious Macaulay School. If, if, you, if you've got a kid who needs a great high school education, send them to the Macaulay School. It's a good high school. Um, but T, uh, T.O. is going to be in Chattanooga at UTC. That actually might be fun to go hang out instead of Canton. Reuben Foster suspended two games. Everyone should have seen that coming after the way that his legal situation played out. The NFL sort of, as I mentioned last week, botched the Jameis Winston stuff. But they got aggressive with Reuben Foster, who was cleared of all charges, but then they later hammered him with two games. I like that. Julian Edelman's suspension was upheld. He will be suspended the first four games. No surprise there. Dagger for the Patriots. Believe me, they'll survive. Do we care about Madden ratings? Madden, Madden ratings? By the way, if um, if you feel inclined to rate or review this podcast and you want to tweet me a screenshot of a five-star uh, rating with a really nice review, in theory, should I ever come across any Madden codes down the road, maybe in the in the next uh, 30 days, I would be more inclined to uh, DM you a code if you were to leave a five-star review and, and tweet me that at Will Brinson, hypothetically, of course. Um, but Saquon Barkley, the top overall rookie in Madden, an 82 for, per, for, for frame of reference. Zeke Elliott was an 84. Baker Mayfield is the top quarterback at 81. Additional frame of reference. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are both 84s. Roquan Smith is an 81. Oh, we talked to him too. He's going to be in the, uh, the, the Friday show. That's too low. Roquan Smith is going to be your defensive player of the year. He's five to one. You should bet on that. Uh, Lamar Jackson, second highest quarterback. That's fascinating. 79. So he's above all the other guys taking the first round. He has Michael Vick potential in this game if you're playing Madden. And then Darius Geis, the top, uh, second overall running back at 78. Eh, might be a little bit low too, but Barkley at 82. That kind of makes sense. Ronald Jones and Sony Michelle are 77. So sort of how Madden kicks that out. Let's talk to Thunder Dan at Coach Thunder 45, D'Antonio Burnett, the Assistant AD and Director of Strength and Conditioning at NC State. I think it's interesting from your perspective, too, because you were here in the late 90s, right? Yep. Early 2000s. Yep. And you know what you know what it looks like to have a football program from a player's perspective almost 20 years ago. We're both, we're both old. We're both yeah. old. It's fine. Um, versus now as a, as an associate AD, right? Yes, sir. And, and as a strength coach, what are the differences between, I mean, just college football in general, what are the differences now between, and not, you know, not just NC State, but like, what are the, how, how big a gulf is it in that time span between what these guys are doing training wise and what these coaches are doing recruiting wise and building wise? I think there's a, a huge difference because just the science of everything and, Especially with my program, we feel like our program is really scientific based. Um, everything we do, um, we want to explain the why, the reason why we do it so that the kids can understand it and take ownership of the process from nutrition, um, to recovery, to sleep, um, even all training, how we periodize, um, the reason for massage and yoga. And there's so much more stuff out there that. You know, when I was a player, it just wasn't available. You know, now kids can get on Google or get on YouTube and they can find so much information. So we always feel like it's important for us to give them information so that they don't have to go look for any and everything. When they do find it, they can say, no, we're doing it right. That isn't the right way of, of doing it. So, so like, because I think that there's this, 
I mean, look, I mean, you, what year did you graduate high school? Um, 98. Yeah, I was 99. In the late 90s, in high school, if you were a high school male, you didn't do yoga. Like, if you did yoga, you were getting made. And if you're a football player, yeah. no way you could do Like, you would get made fun of if you did yoga. But now, it seems like to me the difference in what you guys are doing from a strength. It's not even strength. Like, strength is almost a bad word for it because it's, exactly. it's like athletic training. It's more important to be, to bar steal a word from Tom Brady, pliable than it yes. is to be ripped, right? Well, yeah, I agree 100%. And the first thing, um, especially with all program, um, the main thing is moving and moving well. We always say before we can develop guys and get them training, we have to see how they move because if they have deficiencies and things that um, limit their movement patterns when they squat, more than likely they're going to have a higher likelihood of getting injured either in the weight room or on the football field. So we'll evaluate guys first, their movement patterns. Once we evaluate, then we project, okay, here's some of the things he needs to work on. If this guy develops, he's going to get this much bigger. Once we project, then we develop. But with development comes the ability to manage fatigue. And that's what we do a great job of doing, managing fatigue so that they continue to develop and they continue to be pliable when they step on the field. Okay, so this plays into the idea of building a program too and not, and like, especially with, you know, I guess, you, you know, y'all's first, Dave Doran's first recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Because you look back on it, we, I asked him about this, you know, and everybody, everybody who follows the draft, you know, I mean, what, seven dudes drafted. Only one of them was higher than a three-star, yep. and it wasn't the top guy drafted. Contavia Street was the only three, four-star in the class, and w- when Coach Doran recruited the class, people were like, well, you know, not a bad class. Got a bunch of three-star guys. You get seven freaking guys tied with Ohio State and yeah. second most in the league. How much of when you going into the recruiting process, how much of it is looking at and projecting those guys and saying, okay, we don't, we don't have to get every five-star guy out there. We want guys who fit our program, fit our system, and are three you know, labeled three stars by recruiting nerds and yeah. can end up being superstars. I think that's the important part, um, having a coach's eye to be able to look at a, a kid and look at a frame assessment. And we do a great job of having the strength coaches, uh, the football coaches, athletic trainers, nutritionists, we're all on the same page. And so when the coaches start looking at certain athletes, they have sent me videos. I mean, I look at so many different videos. Like, like huddle videos or like? Yeah, I look at, I follow the guys' pages. I okay. look at their huddle account because once again, that's what I do anyways. I evaluate. Right. I'm always evaluating talent and saying, Oh my God, that guy may be a two star, three star, but if we get this kid, he can be that much better because obviously they have some God given ability. And I always tell kids when they get recruited, the coaches are going to tell them how great they are. As a strength coach, it's my job to tell them the things they need to work on. <laughs> right. So once they get here, man, we, we evaluate guys and we were like, uh, we put that kid in all program with how we develop guys in the weight room, with the nutritionists, with the recovery stuff and coaches actually understanding periodization as well. The sky's the limit for that kid. Like we, Bradley Chubb, I remember when people, he was, people don't understand. Bradley Chubb, when he came to NC State, was, not, it wasn't real thin. He was pretty skinny. Yeah, he was. And, and, and it was amazing. We knew it was like this guy's body is going to take off. It's going to take off. Really? Same thing with James Smith Williams. James Smith Williams came in 196 pounds. He weighed in at 268. Oh, my God. Really? He'll be 270 this year, and he looks completely different. Whoa. I mean, he's a freak. But once again, it's developing guys, pushing them. But time of workout is over with. We're getting them. We're, we're stretching. 
We get a shake in them, protein shake. We get them in the cold tub. Once again, trying to manage fatigue. Always say you can't burn the candle on both ends because now that candle goes away fast. But if we can sort of limit how much fatigue they have, of course, they're going to get some fatigue in a weight room. But if we can try to do things to bounce them back faster, now they start to develop. They continue to bounce back. So twice a week during the season, pretty much on Sunday and Wednesday, we do massage. Really? Yep. Immediately after the game, we're wait, doing wait, massage. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So Wednesday, Wednesdays for NC State football players involve light, like like etiquette classes and massage. So, yep, you get some <laughs> etiquette classes. But once again, the massage is trying to flush out, flush out the lactic acid. Sure. Once again, to get those guys prepared and prepped for game day. Because um, Wednesday is typically um, the harder practice of the week. So Tuesday is a hard practice. Wednesday is a hard practice. So after practice, we're bringing guys back later in the day, and we're trying to get their bodies looped up and prepared. Thursday is a shorter practice, but it's moving fast. Friday, they're off. Saturday is game day. We use Catapult GPS tracking device also. Do you really? Yep, we have it in their shoulder pad, so we can track how much running, how much volume, their top end speed, their workload, their workload per minute. There's so many different parameters that we're able to gather. So after the game, we get that information. If a guy's in the red and if his workload is very high, we're like, we got to get him on the table. The other thing we do, we check body waste every single day. And we do urine-specific gravity tests. We check their hydration <laughs> levels. Really? Yep. So we take a urine sample. So those days are just looking at the color and being like, you're dehydrated. Those days are pretty much over with. Um, so what we do, we, we You're take, doing like the pH analysis. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We do analysis so they know on Friday if they're dehydrated. Really? So now we're pumping Pedialyte into them, trying to get them hydrated. The next morning on game day, we check it again. They know where they're saying. After the game, after a football game is over with, we can tell a kid, you know what? You lost 14 pounds. You got to get your body weight up. So now we start the recovery process, Pedialyte, hydration, start eating. Because think about and this. This is during game week, like leading up to the next game. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, th- oh, yeah. That's the hard. I mean, that's why guys hate Thursday night football. Most definitely. Because you have a short week. Short right? week. Yep. So after the game, when they leave out of the building, they know how many pounds they lost. From that bout, wow. playing against whatever team we played against. But once again, we don't want kids leaving here, maybe going and hanging out. They're, they're student athletes. They may go hang out. Yeah. Imagine if they hang out. Now, not only is their weight down, but they're not getting the proper sleep. And then they have to come in and start the process all over again. Now they're already in the hole. So we give them all the information. We sit down as a staff. We got to get this guy on the table. We got to do this. There, there's been guys that, came in the following day and didn't get their body weight up. We told them they had to go down to see the trainers. They can't train. Really? Yeah. You got to – so, okay, back real quick to the in-game thing about the um, hydration. Is there a – like, did the analytics apply to maybe how, like, Dave Huxtable uses his defensive line rotation? Like, if you know – like, you, do you mean, do, does it get that granular in terms of how you attack the actual football game plan? Like, hey, look – Chubb is, I mean, just as a hypothetical, Chubb is dehydrated. We need to up Roseboro snaps and, like, rotate those guys through. Yep, and you, and we always tell guys it's important that they're mindful. We're not going to tell you how to spend your money, but don't spend your money all in one, pl- one spot. Mm. So throughout the week, we're looking at those numbers. Like, for instance, last year, 
we had two players who touched the ball a lot during practice. And so we were like, hey, coach, we need to pull back on those guys because they're their redlining. workload. Yeah, we're redlining those guys during the week. We don't want to spend all of our money during the week. Sure. We want to spend all of our money in the game. In the game. And so when you can use it that way, and we always tell the coaches, we use this information not to hold them back or pull them back, but to help them be mindful, to understand just like a race car goes around the track a hundred, a hundred and sometimes, eventually it has to pit. <laughs> it has to change its tires. It has to get oil. It has to get gas. The body has to do the same thing. So it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. I think that's one of the main reasons why we're able to do what we do because now the coaches understand how we periodize also. So as strength coaches, we know if it's a medium week, a medium heavy week, a heavy week or a light week. A lot of times, you know, coaches, they just want to coach and they just going to go, 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 go. Give me the player, put him on the field, yep. tell him to win the game. And so we just how, we just show them how to understand when to pull back a little bit. All right, well, how much does it help to have? Because, I mean, I get the sense, I mean, again, talking to Coach Dorn about this and, and you know, anybody around the program that – and he made a point to say that, like, you guys, the strength and conditioning guys and the athletic trainer and the coaching staff are all working hand-in-hand. Hand. And, yep. I mean, at the end of the day, like – Football is a team sport, but it's also a team sport. You have to build the process as a team. You can't just be operating independently or else it all falls apart, right? Most definitely. And we actually um, we have a group text that we're all on called the Pack Performance. So my strength staff, we meet with the trainers twice a day, first thing in the morning and then at the end of the day to get information. A kid maybe got sick. Um, a kid probably had some ding at practice. So once again, we're already ahead of the curve. Hypothetically went out big on Saturday night. Right? Exactly. So it happens in college. And yeah, and communication is key. Yeah. Um, so we're always all on the same page. There's some kids that may miss breakfast and we practice in the morning. Now, as strength staff, we sit with the guys at breakfast as well. So we're doing a checklist. If guys don't show up, the first thing we're doing, we're on a group text. This guy didn't show up to breakfast wow. or this guy came in. He was eight pounds down. So he's eight pounds lighter. And one of the things we do, we do a lot of continuing education. My staff, three days out of the week, we're doing continuing education. Roundtable discussions on strength and condition, PowerPoint presentations. With the fellow coaches? or With, with the, the strength staff. Okay, okay. With the strength staff. Oh, wow. That's a lot of CLE, man. It is. PowerPoint presentations on Wednesdays. And then Fridays, we do leadership stuff. So with that information, some of the information that we have gathered is that the symptoms of concussions and the symptoms of dehydration are exactly the same. Whoa, really? Yep, exactly the same. And so you have. So a, if you're super dehydrated in a game and you get knocked, it might look like you're concussed, but then you don't test. Exactly, Whoa. you're actually you're actually dehydrated. So that's our reason for doing that as well. Once again, we have guys that may miss breakfast and they go out to practice and they're looking woozy. And a trainer may grab him and be like, you know what? This kid may have a concussion, so they do their concussion test. And then we also say, you know what? Check his hydration levels. Wow, he's dehydrated. But because you did all the work in the week leading up, you can dial it up real quick and say, look, this guy hadn't eaten breakfast in two days. He ain't drinking anything. He doesn't have a concussion. He's dehydrated. And and we look at trends also. We always say, what are the trends? What, What are the facts? What are the trends? What are the possible factors? So when you start looking for facts, trends, and possible factors, it gives you the answer. Wow. Okay. It's pretty cool. How much does this all help? How hard is it to explain all that? Okay, actually, to 
do you is this is is this sort of I mean I know that this is widespread across football like mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by that and you, you and you know NFL I think NFL teams with the financial you know input that they have and, and the advancements they are in on this do you think this is widespread across college football um in terms of this detail like looking at sleep patterns for all I the players I, I think there's some programs who put the time and effort into it I think you get out of it what you put into it um a lot of times in this day and age you have some coaches that they may just be old school yeah. and they're like I don't want to hear that stuff this is what we're doing we're going to do what we've been doing. If you continue to do what you've been doing, you continue to get the same results, the same results yeah. also. And I will say that Coach Dorn is very open to listening to information that we, we provide. Um, Coach Rubbers, Tim Rubbers, he's our director of athletic performance. He meets with Coach Dorn also daily. He, he presents that information exactly like he presented to all strength staff. Yeah. He presents that information to Coach Dorn. Coach Dorn gets the information. He goes into the team meeting. I'm in the staff meeting. I'm sitting in there, and he's explaining to the coaches, you know, it's a body weight chart that has guys in the red, in the orange, or they're in the yellow, or whatever. That's like some CEO stuff, oh, it right? Is, man. It's pretty, right, right. It's pretty is, detailed. Right, but, like, I'm talking <laughs> the old school guys, and I'm not, I am not speaking ill of this man at all. I'm just saying I think that his philosophy towards coaching is different. Can you imagine – one Chuck Amato reading this dehydration <laughs> level of stuff and be like, ah, you know what? We need to ease back on these guys. Uh, probably not <laughs> because as a, as a GA, as an intern, as a GA, Coach, um, Amato did everything. He had this binder. Yeah. Dating back to way when he was at Florida State. So each day was based off the day and when he was at Florida State. So he did everything by the books. So there wasn't too much. Stepping outside the boundaries. I mean, of, he's, he's been doing this. For, oh for yeah, he's been doing it for decades. Yeah. So, um, and it was funny when I got on this side of it as being a, one of the coaches, I had a chance to see like, wow, he's been doing this for years. But like I said, you have to have coaches that are willing to listen. Sure. And we do a great job. I believe in doing PowerPoint presentations. Really? Yep. Most most players and coaches are visual learners. And when you can have some visual pictures and videos and things like that, it's amazing how they're like, wow, that makes sense. But if I'm just speaking to you and just telling you about something, I can be speaking a whole completely different language. But if you can visually see it and I have some documentation and I have some trends and I say this is the information that we've gathered, I'm not saying that this is the end all be all, but I'm just saying be mindful. And then when you continue to see trends, they're like, wow, you're on to something. I mean, the whole point of I mean, football inherently is about gaining an edge over your opponent. Exactly. Right? I mean, exactly. Like, at the end of the day, you want to use whatever information you have. Because, I mean, for the most part, it's a fairly level playing field. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, t- places like places like Alabama and Clemson might have a little bit of an edge in terms of players. But, like, when you go up against, you know, Wake Forest or BC or, you know, Louisville or whoever else it is in the Atlantic Division, it's a pretty even playing field. Yep. And so any edge you can get, right? Yeah, most definitely. And that's one of the things I think um, that has started to push our program forward is because we've started to become so much smarter with the way we do things. And we're always looking for an edge. We're always looking um, to be on that co- continual quest for knowledge. Uh, we're always trying to give that knowledge to all players. It's amazing how all players 
they take ownership of a lot of stuff. Like, we don't have to hold their hand and be like, you're doing this, you're doing that. We'll be like, you know what, one of the older guys, you're going to run the stretch. You're going to run the warm-up. You're going to run this, and we walk off. During our discretionary week, last week, everybody showed up. We always tell them, it's not mandatory. You guys don't have to be here. It's voluntary workouts. It's voluntary I, workouts. I, can't, I, was, I, was, I was here last week. Yeah, you saw that? Dude, it was slamming here. Yeah. Packed house. A lot of energy. The guys understand. They bought in and they understand it. Then when you can have seven guys drafted and then have seven or eight guys get free agent opportunities, like, man, this stuff makes sense. Yeah. All right. So in that same vein, how does it help in recruiting? Because – not to name, I mean, apparently, I don't know, I don't know the rules about talking about recruiting at all, but apparently you can't talk about any recruits, you can just talk generally about it. Yeah. But when these guys come in, do the high school kids get it? Are they surprised by the level of what you're doing? Are they impressed? Like, what's the... They get it. They oh, get really? it. And the reason why they get it is because I've done a great job of um, putting a lot of information out there on social media. Okay. I put a video out every single day. Yeah. I'm not every single week. Once a week. I, I drop some sort of video. Sometimes twice a week, but I look at myself as an educator. I don't look at myself as just, um. <laughs> You're not a football coach. You're an educator. <laughs> I don't look at myself as just this strength coach, just yelling, screaming, making a lot of noise. I always tell the guys, when you come here, we're going to yell and scream and motivate you and push you, but we're going to explain the why's to what we do and how we do it. And it's amazing. Like I said, all this, all this information, all this stuff we have. I, I do a PowerPoint presentation as well. To the kids? To the kids. Did they, did they, and they're just locked in and they're really? like, oh my God. But I have, I have props. I have things. I show them. I catapult. I have weightlifting shoes. This is the reason why we use this. Look at this video. Follow my page. Next thing you know, they get on my page and they start scrolling through all the videos. And they're like, oh my God. They do speed training. They do really good conditioning stuff. They, they squat well. They do a lot of explosive stuff. They have eight Vertimax. They do yoga. They do massage. They do recovery. <laughs> and the kids love the speed stuff. And and I think one of the things I've done, I've been able to work for pretty much five different guys, and I've gathered a lot of information over the years. And so I feel like it's my job to give that information back. Sure. Some strength coaches, man, if someone walks in the doors, they're like, no, who is that? No, don't take a camera out. Don't videotape anything. Don't record anything. I always tell high school coaches, come in and watch what we do. Because I understand if they understand that they can teach their high school kids. If their kids decide to come here, we're already ahead of the curve. And they're training. Because, I mean, the, the key is to train smarter. Like exactly you don't, right. you don't need to train harder. You need to train smarter. got to train smarter. Um, how about the guys who come back? And I think we can talk about them because B.J. Hill, professional yep. NFL player, currently here as yep. we're talking. We saw him beforehand. Uh, I asked him if he wanted to pop on the, to have a discussion, but he had to, he had to work out. Yeah. He's, I mean, the dude's already signed a contract <laughs> with the Giants. He's a, he was a sec, second third, round, third, third round draft. He was, he was third round pick. Who went in the second round? Uh, did nobody it, go in the second round? No one went in the second, but he Chubb was close. It was Chubb, it was BJ, it was Justin. Yeah. Contavious, uh, Contavious Hines and, Hines. and Justin Jones went in the fourth. And, uh, Will Richardson went in the yeah, fourth as well. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And then Jay Sam went in the fifth round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, all those guys after, um. But so, I mean, look, but, uh, the question was, uh-huh. <laughs> they, they're invested in the program because it helped them get to where they are. And so, like, BJ Hill is coming back in yeah. his, I mean, like, right now, I mean, we're recording this on, um, June 26th. This is the only time off he's going to yeah. have for the next year. Yeah. And he's spending his time off back in Raleigh at the same weightlifting 
spot that got him going. Yep, him and Naeem Hines both are back here training. Um, BJ, he reached out to me. He was like, Coach, I'll be back. Hey, can you have my sheet ready? I had his book. I got his sheet. The great thing is I have all of his numbers. I understand his body and how his body works. Makes so sense. it's easy for me to program for him. That's why I'm always a little weary when all guys go away and go to these other facilities sure. because – a lot of times these guys may not know their bodies and may have them doing things that may not be conducive to their movement patterns on what they can or cannot do. And when you're a rookie, you don't show up and say, no, 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 my, my strength coach from college says I should be doing this <laughs> Exactly. Like, I don't think so. Exactly. Man. And so it was amazing to have so many, um, like the one of the the guys at Exos out in California where Jay yeah. Sam and Chubb went to, he reached out to me and he was blown away with how how good they were. Um, in the weight room, how technically sound they were. Um, Naheem. B- and that matters from an injury standpoint, too. Oh, yeah. Way. Oh, yeah. And all my guys, it was amazing when they came back. There was stuff they were like, Coach, you should see these guys that came from this program. Like, some of these guys didn't understand this. And they really? and it, it, it always makes me feel good. My yeah. staff and I, it makes us feel good. Because it's like, you know what, we're laying a foundation so that when they leave, it, it all culture continues to follow them. And they can go to different places and also be like, you know what, this is how you do it. A lot of my guys knew speed stuff before they went to a lot of these facilities because we teach them speed. We do speed school. We teach them how to change direction, stop, start, accelerate, and decelerate. So once again, like Naheem Haas, he went away. It was him. I think it was Tony Adams. And it was um, Contagion Street. They went away. And the guy that was training them, he was like, man, these guys are light years ahead of all the really? guys here. I appreciate what you're doing. Well, that's huge for them too because they get to the pros. All right, I want to. Can we, if you don't mind, I want to talk about the the actual players who went to the pros. Yep. Because I'm probably gonna, this is really entertaining, so I'm probably gonna just run it as a full podcast if that's cool. Yeah, that's me. cool. Um, I probably just leave that in because it's a podcast. Whatever, people don't care. <laughs> um, oh yeah, what's your Twitter handle? Um, at Coach Thunder Forty Five. Right, so people should follow him. And all right, so let's talk about these guys who who left NC State and went to become pros. Um, first of all, Chubb. Mm-hmm. We, we mentioned this a little bit before we started going, but he's got the easiest job in America. He's rushing the passer across from Von Miller yeah. in a Broncos defense that is pretty loaded with talent. Like they, they brought back Todd Davis. Um, they have, uh, uh, Brandon Marshall at linebacker. And then on the secondary, of course, they have Chris Harris, oh, who's a yeah. superstar, and they got some young guys coming up. How, how is he going to perform in his rookie? He's a favorite to win rookie, defensive rookie of the year. How do you think he performs in his rookie season, given that he's lined up across from Bob Miller? Uh, that, I think that's one of the key points. He's lined up across from a really good, um, football player. One of the best, to be honest, one of the better players in the NFL. Yeah. And, and, and Bradley is the type of player he feeds off seeing other people who works hard and who are really gifted. And um, we actually were texting one night and going back and forth. And he was just saying, he was like, Coach, I fell into NC State Part 2. He was like, the culture, he said, the culture here, the culture that we had at NC State and the culture with the Denver Broncos is exactly the same. He's like, the way we run things, uh, how fast we do, we never allow guys to walk around here at NC State in the weight room. They can't walk anywhere. They can't put their hands on the hips. They can't put their hands on the head. They can't cross the line. We carry our program like it's an NFL program. Mm. Plus, when you already do all the recovery stuff, always tell them if you're ready, you don't have to get ready, which means wherever you go, you're going to be prepared to be a professional. And um, 
it's amazing just to see how he's taking on a lot of the stuff that they do with the Broncos. And he was like, man, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm excited to see him play. I think he's going to have a really, a really good career, to be honest, because I know he has a chip on his shoulder. And um, the other teams that didn't take him, it was it was a good thing. The the, the Giants <laughs> who took B.J. Hill and then the Browns both passed on. I'm really surprised by that. I think yeah. that the, the Broncos' one big issue has been – Stopping the run mm-hmm. in terms of like the defense slipping a little bit the last year or so. Von Miller and Bradley are both excellent at stopping the run. And, they, and Coach Doran pointed out, like Bradley Jim likes to stop. The he run. loves it. he loves it, man. It, and it, it's amazing. I enjoy watching him play because I enjoy watching him stop the run, especially if they try to run at him, yeah, or if they try to run away <laughs> from him. He turns into a linebacker. He's making so many plays on the backside. Plus, his football IQ is so high. It's amazing. Like, I mean, the, the kid is gifted. I've been lucky enough to see a lot of really good de- defensive linemen yep. and defensive players play here, as you know. But you played with with freaking Mario Williams and uh, Manny Lawson. Yeah, and- I had Manny Lawson. I was, I'm the second all-time lean tackler here, but in my opinion. Humble back. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Almost 500 who's, career tackles. LeVar Fisher. And we oh, played yeah, the same time. that's right. God, he was 44 and I was 45, and we were tackling machines. I was actually watching the game a few days ago um, against Texas Tech, but stay on subject. Um, I in believe Bradley. In 01? Yeah, that was 2002. Oh, 2002. Yeah. yeah. With Kingsbury. With Kingsbury. Yeah. I tell you, we get old, man. We are. <laughs> but and I believe, to be honest, I believe Bradley Chubb. And this is my personal opinion, best defensive player I've ever seen play at NC State. Wow. That's and that's crazy. based off what I've seen. I'm not talking about before me, of course. I haven't seen all the guys before me, so it's not a knock against any guy that came before me or played here at NC State. But I'm just saying, since I came here as a player and been here as a coach, that guy, his leadership skills, his motor, how he played, how he carries himself, I mean, he has the old package, to be honest. All right, B.J. Hill's going to line up next to Damon Harrison, and James Bexter is the new defensive coordinator there. He ran things in Arizona, attacking sort of style, uh, 3-4, 4-3 hybrid. Hill's kind of a perfect complement to Damon Harrison in that Harrison is a maybe the best run-stuffing defensive tackle yeah. in the league, and B.J. can rush the passer from the defensive tackle position, right? Yes, sir, and, and B.J. is strong as an ox. The great thing about B.J., um, B.J., he stepped on campus and was very mature. I actually call him Uncle BJ because, really? <laughs> yeah, he carries himself like an uncle. He's actually an uncle and has um, little nephews and stuff. But um, those four defense linemen that we had last year, those four seniors, all different personalities and all great guys. But BJ, you can tell BJ was the calm. He was a calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. He would get everyone under control, and he was very mature. And like you said, as you can see, he's here in the time that he has off training and preparation for the season. He's he's very rich now. Oh, like he doesn't have no to doubt. be here. You know, no like doubt. he could I would <laughs> he could be in like the Bahamas fishing yeah. or drinking pina coladas and he's working out. Yes sir. And he and, and the great thing about this kid is that, you know, he's just a worker. He he stepped on campus as a freshman and his body changed a lot. It developed a lot. And I think to be honest, I can see BJ coming back here every year. He's just one of those guys. After the combine, yeah, after the combine, all the guys were back here training, back in the facility. I had the sheets ready, the workout program ready, and I still held the standard, which means no hands on your hips. Uh, I mean, overtime. Even when they're even when even when they come back, I actually saw BJ. um, I was sitting up on the field doing a (laughs) run, and BJ was way across the field. 
hitting the sleds, doing his own personal workout. And he had his hand on his hip, and I was like, hey, BJ, take your hands <laughs> off your hips. And he turned around, he put, he put thumbs up, like, I got you. But once again, he, they understand I'm, I'm the same every day, same every day. But that, he, that kid is going to be really good for the Giants uh, because he can – he can do a lot, and he run. He ran four nine at the combine. Yeah, that's fast for an interior defensive line. And he ran four nine for us also. Oh, did he? Yes, he ran a he ran a four nine. It was a four nine nine, and he ran a five zero one electronic time. I told him I wasn't going to give him the four <laughs> nine nine unless he ran it again. And he turned around and ran like a five zero three. He's like, Coach, I'm fatigued now. I'm like, you know what? Well, you don't get the four nine nine. And then when he turned around and ran it at the combine, he was like, See, I told you. It was pretty funny. It was awesome, though. Awesome to see. All right, last one, uh, Naheem Hines. I think that the thing, I, I think people are, I, I, first of all, in Frank Reich's offense in Indy and what they're going to run and moving him around, that's what they're doing, that's what they should do, that's what you know, the, the, uh, what Coach Drigowitz did at NC State. I think he can catch 50 balls in a season easy, mm-hmm. but I think people are sort of sleeping on how he runs between the tackles. Yep. Um, th- this kid is very tough, man. It's amazing how how many shots he take and he's able to be resilient. But that goes back to all the stuff that we do in the weight room to try to prepare his body to take on the rigors of a, mm. a contact sport. I always tell guys, as we know, football is a contact sport. What can we do to reduce the likelihood of injuries? Injuries happen. It happens. If you play football, at some point you're going to have an injury. But what can we do to reduce the likelihood? If we're reducing the likelihood of an injury, it means we're making your body become so much more resilient. If you do get a ding, you're going to bounce back faster. For example, Contavious Street, they're already saying how fast his you know, he, he had surgery. He plays this year? I don't think he'll play this year. Right? But because of his foundation, what he had in the weight room, he's going to bounce back and bounce back so much faster. Just think of um, Adrian Peterson, how he bounced back from yeah. the ACL injury. But a lot of that had to do with his foundation in the weight room. But Naheem is one of those guys, I mean, I always tell people, we're not just going to take credit for Naheem because Naheem is gifted. He's pretty pretty fast. (laughs) He's a special talent. All we did with Naheem is pretty much polish him up and make sure we did things. We're mindful. Um, once he came off track out of track season, okay, he's been through a lot of stress from track and running at high speeds. What can we do to make sure he's prepared to step on the football field? So we just polish him up and, you know, we did the massage, the yoga, a lot of mobility stuff and, of course, we train in the weight room, but we were trying to get them prepared to take on the rigors of another sport. All right, awesome stuff. Antonio Burnett, thanks, man. Thank you.